Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast with your host, Charles. Enjoy. Today, we've got a good one for you. But before we get into it, just a quick word from our sponsors, Dudex. So Dudex is a new cryptocurrency derivatives trading platform that aims to provide a fair and professional experience for its users. With third-party market makers and no exchange token or internal trading desks, Dudex creates transparency and puts the customers first. A couple of the features on Dudex include 100x leverage trading, perpetual swaps without expiry date and daily settlement, 100,000 TPS per contract, and most importantly, no KYC. That's right, every crypto trader's favorite words, no KYC. Sign up with the link in the description below to start trading today and receive up to $100 in free Bitcoin when you make your first deposit. Happy trading, guys. Now, before we get into the episode, I just want to remind you to hit the subscribe button below so that you can stay as up to date as possible. Uh, We're putting out two episodes a week and uh, you really just want to make sure that you're not missing any of these episodes. The guests that I've had on lately are absolutely phenomenal, Uh, and when you subscribe, you'll be able to get notified and hear them as soon as they're out. But now on to the show. This is episode 51 of the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast. As always, it's your host, Charles, and today we've got a great one for you. I'm going to be sitting down with BitDealer. He's a trader. He's on crypto Twitter. You've probably seen him on there. Uh, He's also a member of the group PDF. I talk about these guys a lot. I've had a few of them on already. Uh, They're just a group of excellent traders. Uh, And so today, BitDealer is going to be talking about his trading strategy and how he incorporates statistics into it um, and how he can gain an edge, a trading edge, by doing this. Uh, So I'm not going to go too much into it. Let's just get to the show. So Bit Dealer, before we really get into your trading strategy and some of the stuff that I do want to talk about on this episode, can you just give my audience and myself a little background on yourself and uh, what you were doing before you started trading cryptocurrencies? And then a follow-up to that, are you solely a trader or do you invest in you know Bitcoin, other cryptocurrencies as well? Uh, yeah, of course. So first, I just want to say thank you for having me on the show. Uh, I've never done a podcast before, so uh, it's cool to try something new here. Right on, but, man. I'm, I'm excited that this is your first one. I, I've been stoked for it since we kind of set the date. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. should be pretty fun. Um, but yeah, before I found Bitcoin and got into crypto, uh, I was just doing some marketing work, basically just helping local businesses uh, with their digital advertising, their social media accounts, basically just helping them get a better online presence in general. Um, while I was doing that, I was pretty much running some online stores and trying to build up different sources of income online. Uh, I didn't really go to college, so my plan was to try to make something work for myself and do as much as I could uh, without having to get a normal job per se. Um, so pretty much is trying to build out any source of income and side hustle that I could. Um, because right after school, right after high school, Uh, I didn't have too much planned. I knew college wasn't going to be for me. So just pretty much wanted to work online and then eventually stumbled across Bitcoin in like 2017, uh, put some money in then and then just kind of started learning to trade as time went on. And now I'm uh, dedicated and decided to go full time into trading. 
So as far as investing goes, uh, I do hold some Bitcoin. Um, most of my capital goes towards day trading, not so much in the long term, uh, you know, holdings for Bitcoin, but I do have some there. Other than that, no, I'm not really invested in too much. Um, that is something I'm interested in after I build up some more capital and don't have to uh, rely on some of that capital to, you know, pay bills or stay in my trading account. So, you know, after after a while, probably a year or two more, um, I think I'll be ready to start taking on some longer term investments. But for right now, I'm just strictly day trading and holding on to a little bit of Bitcoin. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much it. Sweet. So, I mean, first of all, congrats on going full time. Uh, I know a lot of people, that's their goal. They want to trade full time and you've actually gone and taken that leap and you're now doing it. So congrats on that. Um, yeah, man. Thank you. Appreciate that. Of course, man. You, you, you're killing it, honestly. And uh, second, you know, big ups for kind of the choosing the entrepreneurial lifestyle versus college. I know it's not for everybody, uh, but you decided, you know, college wasn't for you. You're going to start a business. <laughs> You had this online store. You were doing some marketing and digital advertising, uh, which has bled into your Twitter a little bit. I, I think you do a great job of marketing yourself on Twitter. Um, and then you found Bitcoin. You started trading. Um, and you said most of your capital is for day trading. You do hold a little bit of Bitcoin. I always ask that question to the traders because I know some guys who are like, you know, I don't believe in Bitcoin long term. I don't hold any of it other than when I'm trading. Uh, and it's for very short periods of time. Uh, but it sounds like you do have a little bit stored away, which is nice. And then you did talk about the fact that you were maybe looking to invest in other currencies uh, when you have a little bit more capital. So I appreciate you giving us this kind of background on yourself. It's really great to kind of get a feel for who you guys are as traders. Uh, I know there's a lot of anonymous accounts online, so it's nice to kind of get a little backstory on you. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. So now I kind of want to get into the weeds a little bit. Um, and first, I want to I want to start with, you know, everyone. I, I've had a, a couple of you PDF guys on um, and it's super cool to talk with all you guys because you all have different trading strategies. Um, so can you just, you know, kind of go over how you developed your own trading strategy and kind of give us a little background on what it is? So, yeah, first, uh, shout out PDF. <laughs> Big shout but out to the boys. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I pretty much just started out as a price action trader. Uh, the, the normal route for most people that are hopping on crypto Twitter, uh, you know, using order blocks, SR, stop runs, etc. Um, I think if you're a new trader, like I was whenever I first got on Twitter, um, the pure price action route, it's not the it's not a bad place to start. Um, but I do think eventually you'll want to add on to that and start looking elsewhere for some more info. Um, and, you know, once you have that solid price action foundation, uh, I really recommend to stop learning or to stop studying these different uh, quote unquote gurus and just kind of dedicate some time for yourself and spend a lot of time in the charts, looking at the charts, watching them, analyzing them um, and doing all that. I think that's really the most important part. Uh, that's really where I started to find my edge and my uh, strategy that I'm trading now. You know, because whenever you're watching the charts every single day, you start to pick up on what is actually happening on a day to day basis. And then you can start to eliminate, you know, all of the theory and all of the unactionable info that you get uh, or, you know, that most traders are bombarded with whenever they first start out. Uh, once I, you know, once I started seeing these different patterns, 
occur every day, pretty much over and over and over again. Um, I just started tracking any different statistics that I could. Anything that sparked my interest or stood out to me or looked like, um, you know, if I got more info on this, would it allow me to take advantage um, of this kind of opportunity and profit from it? So, you know, once I just started tracking all of these different statistics to help me make better decisions, um, you know, I just started looking at how I can use stats as a, uh, as a background and like a foundation to kind of maneuver into other areas of technical analysis, like using different stats to, uh, you know, build out different trend following systems. Uh, you can use these stats to build full on strategies. You can use them as a confluent factor in your analysis. And just overall, I think having a heavy focus on stats uh, can greatly impact your confidence whenever you're trading. Because, um, you know, if, if you know that like after A and B happen, there's a, you know, 50% chance or whatever that C is going to happen next. And you can use this kind of info as an edge and build stuff around that. Um, so now most of my strategies that I are trade that I'm trading now are trend following. Um, so, you know, that's pretty much the focus of my stats as well. Um, mostly just revolving around trends. And I also use a few different indicators to help, um, you know, follow the trends as well. Not too complicated, mostly just some variations of a moving average. Um, and there's a few other tools, but I think if you can search my Twitter, you can probably find those tools pretty easily. So I'll kind of leave that up to you guys to, <laughs> to find that. Um, but overall, yeah, I think just having a heavy focus on statistics really helped bring out um, different edges that I could find and exploit, basically. So you kind of started where most people start as a price action trader. You're looking at like support and resistance, order blocks, that kind of thing. And mm -hmm. then you decided, all right, now it's time to take it a step further. And you started exploring, you know, all these different statistics that you were continuing to see day in and day out. Um, and I think that came from being a full-time trader, spending a lot of time in the market, just watching charts constantly. Um, yeah, absolutely. It definitely takes it definitely takes some time and dedication because, um, you know, as a part-time trader, I'm not sure that you have enough time to really watch the charts enough to find all of these different, uh, you know, anomalies and different statistics that you can track because. That's one reason why I decided to go full time was because um, I just did not think that I had enough time in the day to really uh, take a full on grasp of everything that was happening. So, yeah, I definitely think that it has a lot to do with me trading full time. Yeah, I, I kind of hate this idea of day trading as a hobby. Um, I, I think you really do need to spend hours upon hours upon days and days to kind of get a feel for how the market moves. And that's just not something that you're going to do trading part-time. And then on top of that, the market continues to evolve and new strategies need to be created. And so it's kind of hard to keep up with the market and develop these strategies if you're just trading part-time. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, so I kind of, I appreciate you giving us kind of your transition as a trader and kind of the progression that you've seen I mean, you did mention a couple of, or like the gist of your strategy, which is a trend following strategy. Uh, you follow some indicators. 
uh, similar to moving averages or a variation of moving averages. Um, but I really want to kind of, you know, grill you on these statistics um, because some people that are listening to this, they hear, oh, okay, what kind of statistics is he talking about? Can you just give us, you know, some examples of what you're talking about? I know you said, okay, you know, if price or A does this, B does this, and then there's a 50% chance C happens, you know, that's, that's very broad overview. Can you give me some specific examples that you've, you know, used while trading? Yeah, for sure. So first off, you're going to need some data to work with. Um, so, and you can get this data a few different ways, uh, either, you know, write a Python script to pull this data for you. Uh, and that's something that I highly recommend. Uh, for any serious trader, anybody that wants to trade full time, uh, or just take trading seriously, is to learn to code. Um, I really Hashtag think that would learn to code. <laughs> yeah, for uh, no, I, I think that is um, super beneficial for a lot of reasons. But you know, you can use that for you know pulling data, doing market research, different studies, you know, creating backtest, order execution scripts, all of that. So I think the benefits highly outweigh the time that you have to put in to learn Python. Um, but you know, if you don't know how to code, then you can just get the data manually. So kind of diving into some statistics that you could look at. Um, so you can just pull up like a chart and Excel and you can do it that way. Um, so one example I would look at, uh, this is kind of just a, a broader example of how to do this, but basically open up Excel, create any kind of columns uh, that you want to track. And then I like to start at the beginning of the year um, and just separate each year due to different market conditions. And then you can kind of get what your idea is and look for it in the market. So, um, you know, an example may be like the high, what time of day do we get the highest volatility move? Um, so something you could do is just go through the charts uh, day by day measure the biggest move or the biggest percentage move of that day, uh, track what time it occurs or what session, uh, you know, note if there's any kind of reoccurring patterns after this move, like maybe we get a volatile move early in the day. What does that mean for the rest of the day? Um, so these are just kind of some things that you can think of. And then just using those few metrics, you can actually get a lot of actionable statistics out of it. Um, you know, you can get like the average time of day to the highest volatility move occurs. So maybe that's early in the day, maybe, you know, early in the day during Asia session, maybe it's later in the day during New York. Um, you can get the average size or the percentage of that move. So now after you went through the charts and collected all these stats, you can kind of see, you know, if I'm going to expect a big move today, how big is that move going to be? On average, we most big moves happen. Um, at this time of day, and they're around, you know, just say four or five percent. Uh, that's just an arbitrary number that I just pulled, but just for an example. Um, and then, you know, after that, you can kind of get more insight into what typically happens after those moves. You know, does price trend? Does price, or does it go in the same direction? Does it trend the opposite direction? Uh, you know, full retraces, and anything um, that you can really, anything that you can really think of that could benefit you. Um, and help you make money. I think it's really important if you're going to do this to look at this kind of data in a creative way um, because you know a lot of people or anyone can look at these numbers but not everybody's going to be able to use them efficiently. Um, so something to keep in mind whenever you're doing these studies as well is that not every single thing, uh, every single study that you do is going to give you 
back some kind of tradable info, right? So some tests may come back with the results that you expected. Some tests might come back with surprising results that actually change your mind and that those can be tradable. And then some tests might come back and completely prove uh, your idea wrong. So I think that's actually a really important uh, distinction to make is that it doesn't have to be tradable info, but now that you have uh, the stats to back this up, if it tells you that it's not tradable, at least you know this now and you don't have to spend any more time kind of wondering about, um, is that true? Could I use this? You know, if it's not actionable, just throw it to the side and move on. Um, you can do this kind of process, basically have an idea, get the data, test the idea, then analyze those results. And then you can use that answer and move forward, whether that means you trade that strategy or idea or you just throw it away. Um, so that's kind of the main outline and how I would go about that. You know, a few more examples, if that wasn't enough, would be kind of looking at stuff so, like... So quick, sorry, let me stop you there. Because I, yeah, I know, you know, this is kind of your quote-unquote secret sauce. These are the kind of things that you use to develop your edge. But how about talking about something that like one of the, you know, graphics that you've put up on Twitter? Because I see you putting up a lot of stuff with just like, you know, by day of the week, there's this, this, and this that has happened. You want to talk about just like one of those, for example? Because that's stuff that's, you know, out there to the public now. Yeah, for sure. So um, a lot of studies you see that I post on Twitter aren't the most um, actionable stuff. Mostly because of the really good stuff I <laughs> I keep to myself. Exactly. But um, yeah, I just think going and looking at here, like a perfect example was the other day, right? It was uh, Bitcoin's quote unquote birthday, right? The anniversary of the white paper. And I saw a lot of talk on Twitter about how, um, you know, today is Bitcoin's birthday. So it's got to be bullish. And I at first I didn't know if they were joking. And then I started to see it more and more. So what I did is I went back and looked historically, has this day had any impact, positive or negative, on price movements that day? And what I found was it had absolutely no correlation to the price movements that day. So just simple stuff kind of like that, um, that you can test. You know, some other stuff, maybe like testing what happens after Bitcoin has three consecutive down weeks, you know, after three consecutive up weeks. Um, you can test different stuff, maybe like what's the reaction um, of a bullish or bearish engulfing candle on the daily time frame. You know, like what what is the next day reaction or the next day return? Does that return uh, go later in the week as well? Like is the three-day return um, any more significant than the one-day return? And then you can just kind of look at anything really that you think could provide some kind of edge. Um, maybe looking at the average return per month. I think that's one thing that I posted on Twitter, um, looking at like the average performance of every month on Bitcoin. Um, and also something that I want to talk about is the fact that just because you're testing this stuff on Bitcoin does not mean that it's going to be true for, you know, Ethereum or any other altcoin for that matter, because I just ran a different test on Ethereum, um, basically looking at the highs and lows of the day um, on Ethereum versus Bitcoin, and the results drastically uh, were different. So, you know, those are just some examples that I think that you could look at. And um, yeah, just a few tips on how to kind of structure that 
overall, uh, you know, data study. Yeah, man, I really appreciate that. Uh, again, yeah, I'm not going to prod you any more than that because this is your secret sauce, quote unquote, uh, and this is your edge. So I, I don't want to be asking for stuff that, you know, you want to keep to yourself. Uh, but there were a couple things that I really liked that you talked about there. Um, something as simple as, you know, it being on, you know, people talking about something on Twitter, like it being Bitcoin's birthday, right? You're like, all right, I'm going to go, you know, sift through the data. I'm going to explore what actually happened today. And we can see if this is a bullish or bearish or neutral thing, or if I really can't, if you really can't extrapolate anything from it. Um, yeah, exactly. And then another huge thing that you talked about here, which I want to reiterate, and I can't stress this enough, is that, you know, when you're going through and testing this stuff, not all of it's going to have meaning. Uh, there, there are just so many different things that you can explore when looking at large data sets. Um, and you got to get creative with it. And for the most part, it's not stuff that you can trade. And I think you need to learn to be okay with that. Uh, I know a lot of traders, they'll look at a chart and they'll be like, I got to take a trade. Uh, they'll be sifting through data and they're like, all right, this definitely means something or let me see how I can turn it into something. Uh, and you kind of keep your bias out of it. You go through this data, you look through it and you say, yes, I can use this or no, I can't use this. And I think that's huge for anyone who's trying to get into, you know, digging through data, creating these statistics, finding these statistics and then using it to trade. Um, so I, I really appreciate you walking us through kind of a basics of your strat, the basics of your strategy moving forward. Yeah, uh, actually, sorry to cut you off, but I no, just want to make one point um, before we kind of go forward here. One thing I did not mention, but I think is really important is the sample size of this data, of this test that you're doing, right? Like the example that I just mentioned, the Bitcoin's birthday thing, um, I'm pretty sure it only had 10 or 11, I think it was 11, um, you know, of a sample size. So that sample size is not enough to build some kind of crazy strategy on. So whenever you're doing these studies, um, you don't want to put too much emphasis and rely on these stats um you know as like a make or break to your trade because if you have you know say you've done your analysis um, by looking at the charts and doing all of this and then you get a study like that and it's a small sample size um depending on the actual study and the like the occurrence that's happening um you can give it different weight but i only use these stats that are a smaller sample size as a confluent factor um you know something like the day or like the high and low of the day or high and low of the week or the month or whatever you can get a much larger sample size on that and you can start to build strategies around um you know those kind of statistics so that's just one point i wanted to make for anybody that wasn't aware of the different different sample sizes and uh, how you should go about that oh yeah 100 percent. i mean i, I... I couldn't see anyone thinking, oh, okay, it's, you know, there's 11 pieces of data. It's been up nine times in the last 11 years. So it's got to go up this time. Obviously, you can add it and use it with other indicators and other statistics. But thank you for stressing that. I, I you know, I wouldn't think it would happen, but I guarantee someone's like, all right, I can take something like a specific day of the year and trade based off of that. So I, I thank oh, you yeah. for that. I mean, I mean, I see crypto Twitter trading off of, uh, you know, stuff they don't even test that they think happens every single day when in reality it doesn't. So 
Yeah, I just thought that was an important point to make right there. Yeah, I very much appreciate that, man. Thank you before for cutting me off and letting me run. Uh, you, you got that in there, so I appreciate that. Um, now, kind of moving forward, because you've talked about, you know, kind of your progression as a trader and where you started, you know, your businesses and then trading. Uh, what's your plan for the future? Do you have any anything big in the pipeline? Um, yeah, actually, I do have something pretty big. I'm actually moving overseas for a trading job really? uh, that I'll be starting at the beginning of the year. So, yeah, I'll be trading for a prop firm. Um, so that's pretty exciting. It'll be a huge change because uh, currently I'm living in the middle of the United States in uh, Oklahoma, tiny ass state. I was going to ask, but I, I, I never like asking people just because they <laughs> yeah, don't want to no, dox. I, mean, I, I I don't mind, but so for moving, uh, living in small Oklahoma to moving overseas for a trading job, would be a pretty big change, but yeah, it should be really exciting stuff. Um, as far as just the, the general future, I really don't have much um, planned besides just focusing on trading, drilling and double downing on trading um, and really just making that. Uh, my main priority and seeing if I can really push myself to the next level and, um, you know, grow my account. And as far as um, I actually do run a trading journal, so I'm looking forward to working on that over the the next few months. But other than that, no, I don't really have too much planned. Uh, just going to focus and work hard. You say you don't have too much planned, but you're going to go work at a prop firm like that. Well, yeah, I, I just mean besides trading, not a whole lot different. <laughs> there we go. Okay, I mean, congratulations, man. That's a lot of people's dreams, and you've kind of secured that job. So huge congratulations to you. Yeah, I really appreciate that, man. I'm actually going to be having Glim on hopefully soon. He, he agreed to the interview. I just need to figure out a yeah, date. Boy. And I know he works at a, a prop trading firm. Um, yeah. So I'm excited for that one, but uh, I don't want to take away from, you know, the congratulations that are due here. Um, yeah. Very excited to hear that. Any any new trading styles you might be exploring or, you know, how do you plan on developing or, you know, bettering your trading strategy right now? Yeah, so really I'm, I'm still a beginner when it comes to uh, programming and Python. I've just been learning over the past few months. Um, so I really want to focus on that and get more uh, into the quantitative finance and uh, really just try to grow in that space and um, really develop myself as a trader and as a programmer. Um, one person that has kind of made me want to get on this uh, this path is Quant Fiction, which you just had him on the podcast. Uh, Wonderful episode. episode. I, I had a great time with him. Yeah, so I just... Seeing people like him and uh, seeing the kind of work that they do, it really kind of inspired me to uh, pick up Python and just try to learn as much as I can about the quantitative side of trading. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much is my focus is just continuing to trade my strategies while getting better at uh, the quantitative side and develop, developing my skills in Python. Right on, man. I mean, those are two huge things that you mentioned there. Uh, anytime I talk to anyone who trades um, and is doing so profitably, uh, they say that learning Python is key. Uh, so to anyone who's listening right now, like two things that I would take away that you're doing right now to improve yourself are keeping that trading journal and learning to code in Python specifically. Um, I don't want to say anything more than that. Just uh, make sure you add yeah. that to uh, your bag. And um, 
work on that in your daily routine. Uh, so it's, it's really great to hear that you have these big things in the pipeline. I know you're going to kill it when you make that move. Uh, before we wrap up this episode, can you just give us, cause you've, t- you've talked about kind of exploring new tips, being kind of creative. Uh, can you maybe give us just like your biggest tip in your mind, uh, the biggest tip for finding these new statistics, uh, other than trial and error? Cause you know, I think that's, I wouldn't say it's a cop-out error because it's like the go-to. Um, but mm-hmm. I think everyone would say, oh, just trial and error, go through it. M- maybe something else. What have you got for us? Yeah, so uh, one thing I want to say about Python, and then I'll uh, continue on here, is the fact that I'm not necessarily using Python to build automated strategies, right? I'm just using it to benefit and to help out my discretionary trading style that I have now. So in the future, I do plan on um, getting a few more automated strategies up, but I just want to make that point for anybody that's not necessarily comfortable just diving into an automated strategy. Um, I still recommend you learn Python and uh, use it just to benefit yourself. And you can even use it outside of trading. Um, I just think it's an overall really smart idea to uh, learn how to code. But as far as a tip for finding new strategies or statistics, um, there's a few different things that you can do. One, like I said, obviously, is just seeing a reoccurring pattern happen over and over again and then just testing that idea. Um, Another thing you can do is just look online. Like I said, uh, Quant Fiction, he's inspired a lot of the work that I've tried to do so far. And you don't have to necessarily go and copy these kind of people, but you can go and look and and kind of see what they're looking at, kind of get an idea of like the different um different stuff that they're doing and online if you look there's actually quite a few resources that you can find um full-on strategies that you can test right there's tons of finance papers and um websites i'll you have like a show notes or anything like that that i I do i was actually going to ask if you have any of them you know off the top of your head any sites any books anything like that yeah so um i can send you some more to throw in the show notes or whatever but um, you know, just some, just some resources. I think you could look at, uh, Quantopian. It's a pretty good website for quantitative finance and, uh, has a, has a heavy focus on Python in general. Um, but yeah, they have a lot of good strategies and they have a forum that you can look through where people are creating their strategies on their platform. And, um, you know, you can go look at these different algorithms and start to kind of see, what other people are looking at and then you can start to look for yourself um you know somebody else that i kind of started basing um some of my studies off of is uh odd stats on twitter he's a more traditional finance person but um the main point is just finding these different ideas and then running them yourself you don't have to necessarily copy these different people but just to look at the ideas that they have and then form it into a way that you can use it in your strategies. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it as far as tips. Some resources uh, that I have would be DataCamp. If you want to learn Python, and uh, they have a bunch of Python for finance tutorials as well. So I think that would be a good resource for a lot of people. Um, like I said, Quantopian. Uh, I think a really good book on price action is uh, Understanding Price Action by Bob Volman. And then a lot of the books that I have related to uh, programming or Python, 
I think were mentioned in the previous uh, or in your previous episode with quant fiction. So that pretty much covers all of those. I think is uh, data data analysis for uh, or Python for data analysis, evidence based evidence based technical analysis, and um, one more that he mentioned. Yeah, but oh, I'm yeah, trying to, I, I'm trying to remember. Those. I'll send you those if you can throw them in the show notes or whatever. That'd be that'd be good. Yeah, one hundred percent. We'll have a link to all of those websites and then a description of the book or at least the title of the book with the author. Uh, for anyone who's interested, I think starting with just reading and getting some of your information from these experts is a great place to start. And then, you know, this is this is kind of a creative process, and there's no one way to facilitate creativity. Uh, but you did mention, yeah. you know, kind of following these people online, like quant fiction, odd stats, you know, you see something, you kind of build off that you see another person's tweet or that they're talking about specific statistics. And you're like, Oh, I've never thought of that before. Let me explore that idea and kind of build my own strategy off of it. Uh, so I really, I really think that's the best way to kind of get those creative juices flowing. Uh, and there are plenty of people out there. Uh, just, you know, just here, you've mentioned odd stats and quant fiction. Uh, but if you explore Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know, anywhere online, there's people, you know, putting this information out there. Yeah. And the thing is, um, you don't have to like a lot of stuff. You won't even be thinking of different stuff that you can test until you start to get some experience or some, um, or by looking at these different people that are doing it. Because whenever I first started, um, you know, I didn't have too many ideas that I could go and test just because I wasn't um, aware of them, right? So after you start seeing these different people doing all these different tests, that's when you really start to get different ideas. So I think that is really important is just to go look at these different accounts and uh, any resources and then build off of their ideas because a lot of it you're just not going to even be aware of or have the idea to test it. Yeah, I mean almost with any any creative, sorry, almost any creative uh, you know, thing that you're doing, whether it's making music, painting, you know, anything like that, you, you can kind of learn from other people or see what other people are doing and then put your own twist on it. But you do have to put in a lot of time and effort before that kind of creativity starts to come a little bit more naturally. Uh, so to anyone yeah. who's just getting started, I, I'd say don't be discouraged if you're sitting there, you've got a data set in front of you and you're thinking, all right, I don't know what to do with this at all. It is a slow process. It does come with time. And I think over time, it starts to get easier. So I think we've pretty much got everything. You know, you gave us your background. You gave us your trading strategy. You gave us some statistics that we can look at. You talked about what you'll be doing in the very near future. And then you gave us some awesome resources. So I really appreciate all that. Uh, before we go, is there anything else that you'd like my audience to know? Um, not too much, really. Uh, I guess if you want to find me on Twitter, uh, it's bitdealer underscore at the end. Um, if you want to, you know, kind of dive deeper into the stuff that I'm doing, I do have a private journal. Um, but, you know, if you don't want to get into that, I just really recommend that you put in the time to learn this kind of stuff. Nothing is going to come easy in trading, especially if you don't put in the time to learn um, as much as you can. And have an open mind about stuff because I see a lot of people don't want to test ideas or don't, um, you know, don't even have any interest in these different strategies. Um, so I just think having that open mind 
and dedicating a lot of time is pretty much the most important uh, things you can do as a trader. So other than that, no, I, I don't think I really have much else to say. Uh, like I said, though, I really appreciate you having me on this podcast. Um, I'd love to come on here again at some point, maybe down the road. Uh, but yeah, man, just thank you. Yeah, of course, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I love it when traders come on and talk about their different strategies. Uh, and we can really help the community, which is great. Um, but yeah, to anyone who's listening, uh, I highly recommend at least following BitDealer. I'll have a link to his Twitter in the description. He's putting out, you know, fantastic content on an almost daily basis. And uh, I mean, we we kind of share the same small circle. So I'm sure a lot of people listening to this already do follow you. But if you don't, I highly recommend it. And again, thank you so much for coming on, man. Yeah, man. No problem. Thank you. All right, guys, that wraps up another episode of the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, the show's for you guys. I make it for you guys. Um, and it wouldn't happen without you guys. So uh, I really do want to thank you for that. Um, and, you know, if you found anything in this episode helpful or any of the previous episodes that I've put out, um, can you just do me a huge favor and leave us a review? Um, it would really help us out. Um, and then on top of that, uh, could you also share it with any friends, family, uh, anyone on social media, you know, if if there's something that spoke to you in any of these episodes, I would really appreciate it if you could do that for us. Um, so thanks again for listening and uh, hope to see you next episode.